G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Today with Jeff Vines, author, pastor, apologist and Bible teacher with a straight-talking message from the Word. Readiness is the Greek word at Dormasia. So if you have the right shoes, you'll be spiritually agile. Today with Jeff Vines. Hello and welcome. My name is Bill. Thanks for joining me on Today with Jeff Vines. We're continuing in our series on deception with a new message about hetoimasia, which means spiritual nimbleness, being ready or adaptable. We'll also hear about the remaining three pieces of God's armour as described in Ephesians chapter 6. So turn there in your Bibles now and let's get into today's message with Pastor Jeff. It's good to see you. Glad you're here. Okay, uh, stay with me here. We're in this series called Deception. Uh, when we were little, uh, I had uh, I have three brothers. I have a younger brother who actually spends most of his life traveling around and uh, doing concert, concerts for Celebrate Recovery. He was actually here this past Monday night. Uh, yeah, some of you guys did a great job. And uh, but he was the clown in the family. And I told you we went to a church when I was younger. Uh, the, the pastor preached 52 sermons a year on sin. Anybody attend a church like that? 52 sermons a year on sin. Every, you, know, you walked out every week thinking you were the worst thing that ever hit the planet. And you, it, sin's okay. Well, not okay, but it's okay to hear about it as long as you get some grace and mercy and forgiveness in there, which we never got. So my brother Tony loved to get on this uh, box and he would pretend like, you know, when you were kids, he would pretend like he was preaching to us. And he would mimic our hometown preacher. And he, would, he was actually brilliant. He would, a uh, brilliant songwriter, right? And he, uh, <laughs> he wrote this one sermon that all of us remember. He'd get up on the box and he'd say, all y'all, and that, remember I'm from the South, so that's the plural of all, all you all. He would say, all y'all, you're evil, all of you. You're just evil people in your plans and your activities. You need to take off the E and you're vile. That's what you are. You're vile in your temptations and your frustrations. And you take off the V and you're ill. You're sickly and you're weak. And you take off the I and you're ill. And that's where all of you are going if you don't straighten up. <laughs> and we just laugh, man. He would change a little bit every time. But we would laugh our heads off at this guy. Just funny. But the reality is, and the thing I've been trying to communicate to you over these last six weeks, I want you to hear me on this now because you've got to get the last piece of the puzzle is that if you think the things that go on in your life with your family and at school, uh, with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and your relationships, if you think all of that is singularly defined, if you think that it's just a matter of human habits, then you're misled. Because the Bible clearly says there is a supernatural world, then it's evil. And it's led 
by an angel who was fallen, is fallen, and has tremendous power. And if you underestimate that power, you're gonna live a defeated life because you're gonna have battle after battle and you're gonna think something's wrong with you or something's wrong with your neighbor. You're always gonna think that evil is singularly defined, but evil is complex. It is highly complex, highly strategic. And until you realize that, you're gonna live a defeated life. Now, here's the thing. Here's the other side of that. The other side is that if you are living a defeated life, according to the Bible, then it's not because you're powerless. Do you hear me? If you're living a defeated life, it's not because you have no power, it's because you've not appropriated the power given to you by the Spirit of God who lives in you. And if you appropriate that power, then you're gonna live anything but a defeated life. You will be more than a conqueror. So I'm just saying, if, you, if you're in the room right now, and this, is, this symbolizes your life, fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, frustration, I mean, you're just paralyzed, it is because you have not yet appropriated the spiritual weapons, the armor of God that you have because of the power of God and the spirit of God living in you. You with me? Now, here's what Paul says. Here's how he says it in verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. We already talked about that. I'm not going back. Around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, the question is, what is this third piece of armor? Now, You know, I don't do this often, but from time to time, we're going to memorize a Greek word because it really symbolizes everything that we're going to do. It's a foundation upon which we're going to build. Here's what it is. Let me repeat it for you, then you're going to repeat it after me. It's hetomasia. Now, the H is kind of silent, so you can say hetomasia. Let's do it together on the count of three. One, two, three. Hetomasia. One more time. Hetomasia. Now, it's crucial to know what that means if we're to understand the next part of the armor. Now, let me just say quickly, The reason we're gonna cover the rest of the parts of the armor, the three remaining parts, is because they're all closely related. You cannot understand the other two, though, unless you get this first one. So we're gonna take a little time and the other two will go quickly. What does etoimasia mean? The best way to describe that is to try to define the difference between Larry Bird and Michael Jordan. You know who those, raise your hand if you know who they are. Most people know who they are. All right, on the one hand, both great basketball players in the Hall of Fame, You've got Larry Bird, who cannot run, he cannot jump, he moves like a wounded duck. (laughs) He was a great player, but isn't that true? Isn't that true? The guy had no skills, athletically speaking. Then you got Michael Jordan. Now here's a guy that can run, that can jump. He doesn't seem to have to deal with gravity the way the rest of us do. (laughs) And when he's in the mid-air, he can encounter an obstacle and go around the obstacle. Most of us have to land first and then change directions. He seems to be to change, able to change directions in the middle of his stride. Now, here's why I say this. You may not know this, but sportscasters for years tried to find a term to describe the difference between Larry Bird and Michael Jordan. And they coined a new word that you've heard a thousand times, but it's not in your dictionary. Go home, look, it will not be in your dictionary. It's the word athleticism. It's not a word but it was popularized out of sports broadcasters trying to determine the difference and describe the difference between Larry Bird and Michael Jordan. This word, athleticism, refers to a certain sense of lightness, of buoyancy. And that's what the word etoimasia means. It's a nimbleness, a quickness. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, Jack jumped over the candlestick. It's agility, adaptability. Now stay with me just for a moment here. Since time has begun, that man began to wear shoes as God intended. We have tried to make shoes with three characteristics. Number one, 
We wanted them to be gripping. You had to have traction. No use wearing shoes if you're slipping and sliding. Two, we wanted them to be able uh, to have a sense of endurance. If you go out and get shoes and they only last a week, you're in trouble if you're in the Roman army, if you're marching on great marches and to, to conquer other nations. So you're looking for traction and you're looking for endurance. Those two characteristics were not difficult. It's the third characteristic mixed in with the other two that's so difficult, and that is you want these shoes to be incredibly light so that you can be agile, light on your feet, and move about from one place to another with great ease. Now, these are the new shoes by Adidas. They're called Zeros, and they weigh around five ounces. These are the lightest shoes I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they're, they're incredible. Now, that's what the word Etoimasia means. You still with me? Etoimasia is a Greek word that refers to a spiritual lightness, a spiritual agility, that wherever God sends you, you're okay with that. That you don't kick and fight and scream, that you're adaptable, that you have a certain sense of spiritual agility, and you're willing to go wherever he says to go. Now, Notice in verse 15, he says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So the shoes are not the gospel of peace. They're a result of the gospel of peace. Readiness is the Greek word etoimasia. So if you have the right shoes, you'll be able to move to and about and you'll be spiritually agile. Now stay with me because this is the teaching time and then we'll get into the motivation and you'll, I know that, but you got to use your head for a minute here. You got it because if you don't build this foundation, you're not going to get the rest of it. When the Bible talks about peace, it talks about it in two categories. Objective peace, that's a legal peace. That means we've been justified because of what Jesus did on the cross. Your acceptance before God is not based on your past, but upon Jesus' past, what he did for you on the cross 2,000 years ago. So that when God looks at you, he sees you as righteous. God says, you know what? You're righteous, Jeff Vines. And I'll say, no, I'm not. You haven't obviously been around me for the last 24 hours. He says, I know, but you are righteous because I deem you as righteous. I pronounce you legally righteous because Jesus died for your sins. That's an objective righteousness and an objective peace. But there's also a subjective peace. It's the peace that you feel inside. It's a ooey gooey thing. You know, I feel all good inside. I feel peaceful. I feel quiet. And the Bible says you can't have one without the other. The Bible says because you are objectively at peace with God because of the cross, then you can have the feeling of peace and contentment with God. Now, here's the beauty of this. Because, now you stay with me, stay with me. Because you are at peace with God and your sins have been forgiven and you are righteous in his sight, God expects you that no matter what happens in your life and no matter where he sends you, for you not to go back to what you did when you first became a Christian saying things like this, God hates me. God's abandoned me. He doesn't love me anymore. He's obviously punishing me for my sin and that's why I'm in this predicament. That is the opposite etoimasia. Etoimasia is the Christian who says, you know what, wherever God sends me, I'm agile. I can adapt. I'll go around the obstacle and I'll let God do his good work in me. You with me? Whatever God does. Now, look at this uh, slide here. How many of you think this represents your life pretty well right here? That's what you feel like every morning when you wake up, just trying to get your head above water. And your temptation is when this is happening and God sends you into this kind of life, and sometimes it's a season, the first thing you're to do, most people, even Christians who've been Christians for a long time, well, obviously God's mad at me. He's angry. He hates me. I've done something wrong. He's punishing me. I'm in big trouble. And God, I think, sits up in heaven saying, really, are we going back to that again? 
I told you that to be a Christ follower means to pick up your cross and follow me daily. And I want to know that I can trust you to send you into difficult arenas, difficult tasks, among difficult terrain, and that you will stand your post and stand your ground. And so the apostle Paul says, if you're going to live anything other than a defeated life, you're going to have to get up every morning knowing that God's going to send you where he desires. And it's not because he hates you. It's not because you sinned and he's coming after you. It's not because he's abandoned you. It's because he knows you're spiritually agile and he can use you for purposes beyond yourself. So etoramasia means that you're in spiritual stride, man. You take it all in stride. You're agile. God says, I want you to go there. God, that looks dangerous to me. Yeah, I know, and I want you to go there. Okay, I'll get the shoes of readiness, and I'll go where you want me to go. Now, let me give you a perfect example of this. In my book called Unbroken, I talked about a lady named Frida. And my wife came home one day, and she said, Jeff, I want you to meet an angel. Remember that story? And I went to Denny's, and I met, who thought you could meet an angel at Denny's? But you can't. So I went to Denny's, and my wife was having breakfast with her. She's the one in the middle, beautiful lady. And I sat down, and one of the first things I heard Frida say was that she had not been praying for healing of the cancer that she had been diagnosed with. Now, I thought to myself, okay, either she's crazy or she's the real thing. She's the real article. So I sat down there, and I listened to her talk about how her life was completely in God's hands, that she trusted God's plan, and that she knew that God would not send her into this endeavor without good reason, good purpose, and to accomplish something extraordinary. She's doing so much better, by the way. She texted me this week and said that she can't wait to go on a mission trip. She's about to embark. She said, sure, I want to grow old with my husband and I want to grow old with my children. I know that. But she said, I trust God to take care of them as I trust him to take care of me. That is what it means to be spiritually agile, to have a readiness to move where God moves you. Even if the terrain is rugged, the view from the other side is extraordinary. Is that you? If it is, when the devil comes to you and says, hey, don't you know, Jeff, this is happening to you because God's punishing you. God's abandoned you. He doesn't love you. That you put on the gospel, the shoes of the gospel of peace, and you're ready to go where God sends you because you know he loves you and you're at peace with God and he's orchestrating something beautiful in your life. You got it? Are you with me? You understand that? Let me, let me have you nod your head if you're with me so far. Okay, some of you don't care. Some of you are not with me. Some of you are sleeping. Some of you are tasting. That's okay. God forgives you too. Grace is wide. All right. Now, if you understand that, then we can go to the second piece. In verse 16, he says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Folks, this metaphor is absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Think about it. This is not the right shield, okay? This is the shield you use when you're fighting the battle on the outskirts. But when you get closer to the city and you're about to scale the walls of the enemy, you don't want that shield. You want the other shield. There are two Greek words, and that's how we know which shield he's talking about. It straps around your left or right arm, depending on if you're left or right-handed, and it covers your, it's like a door. It covers your entire body. Now, why would you need a shield like that as you're scaling the enemy walls? Because if you saw Lord of the Rings, or if you saw Troy and Brad Pitt, some of you women I know saw that movie, when you start scaling the walls, the arrows start flying down at you and they try to pour molten lead on your head. And so you need something that's going to cover the entire body and no matter how quick or agile or strong you are, you still need a shield. Now you think about how brilliant this metaphor is. Oh man, this is just classic. Okay, you've decided you're going to morph. You've made a decision. You're going to grow. You're going to move from the capitilla to the butterfly, remember? (laughs) 
You start reading your Bible. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to start praying. Oh my goodness, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get serious about my faith. I'm going to tackle this addiction in my life, this spiritual issue that I know is bringing me down and destroying me. I'm going to practice mercy and forgiveness. I'm actually going to forgive people I'm mad at. I'm going to become an angel fan or something like that. I'm going to get my priorities straight. I'm going to start tithing. For heaven's name, I'm going to start tithing. Wow, I'm going to go to Africa on a mission trip and give my life for a purpose outside myself. I'm going to walk across the room, walk across the valley. I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to use my gifts that God's given me to change the world. And all of a sudden, you're fired up. You feel good inside. You buckle up. What's the next thing that happens? Here comes the molten lead and the arrows that blot out the sun. That's the way that it works. And then comes the shouting and the screaming and everybody's trying to confuse you to distract you from what you're really trying to do. And the importance and the magnitude of your task of scaling the enemy walls. Now here's the problem. Somebody will come to me and say to me, I know, and I know how we think because we're still relating to God on the terms of religion. And when you relate to God by religious terms, here's how you operate. Well, if I do right, then God's gonna give me an easy life. So if I start reading my Bible and I start praying, I start being good and I tell the truth instead of lies, then God's gonna provide an escape hatch and he's gonna put me into a room of safety and nothing ever bad's gonna happen. The Bible says the opposite is true, that the greater you advance toward Christ's kingdom, the more likely the arrows are to come, that the more passionate you are about taking enemy territory, the more intense the fiery darts of the devil are. So when somebody comes up to me and says, well, Pastor Jeff, I tried Christianity, it didn't work. Let me tell you what they mean by that. I became a Christian, I raised my hand, I said the prayer, I even got baptized. And my life still got worse. I thought it was gonna get better. And I would have all the health and the wealth and prosperity that I ever wanted. No, 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 that's a church in Texas. You're in California, remember. <laughs> okay, all right, I sinned just now, okay? So can't you give me grace and mercy? I give it to you, give it. I told you I was a sinner, did I tell you? I'm sorry for that. That just came, it wasn't in the notes. It just came out. <laughs> Stay with me here. You know, when I went to Rwanda, do you remember what I told you? I came back the first year, man, we just, oh man, it's like a revival in Rwanda. I came back the second year and told you that I was invited into a special prison up on the Congo border. I came back and told you that 536 people gave their lives to Jesus and you applauded. It was a great weekend, remember? And then I told you that because of my interpreter translator, Anastas, that he was able to get me into a prison that I would be the first American pastor to be, able, to be allowed into this high security prison. And we were celebrating, remember? And then I went back and then I went into that prison and there was great success, remember? And you know what happened after that? Do you remember? I went down to Zimbabwe. I thought I was gonna die, remember? And doctors diagnosed it as anxiety, spiritual, or, or it might as well have been, but they diagnosed it as panic or anxiety disorder. And I said to the doctors, but I'm not anxious. Of course, one of my doctors said, son, you're always anxious, but that's another thing. So my blood pressure goes up to 220 over 120. You know what that feels like? That's stroke level. I thought I was dying. I, I started asking the question about, do I have my will? What will my children do without me? You know, my wife, what will happen? Now, I go through this process, folks, and I remember Anastas taking, remember Anastas takes me up. He's the translator. We're going up on the border of the Congo. And for three hours up there, he's telling me, hey, when we get in the prison, stay by my side. Stay with me. Don't go away from me. You do what I tell you to do. You stay right here. So you hear that for three hours. And finally, right before we're about to go into the prison gates, Anastas says this to me. Are you ready? And I say, Anastas, am I in any danger? And do you remember his reply? Does it matter? 
oh, I'm, I'm, I'm more than willing to serve God as long as it's easy. <laughs> and I immediately thought of my beautiful daughter and how she can't live without me. And my wife can't live without me. What would she do? My son, my dog, Milo, all of them. <laughs> At least I, I, that's, that's what I tell myself to make myself feel good. And so I went in. I felt like it was a great spiritual success that I had climbed the ladder, that I had grown, that I had morphed. And then I got down to Zimbabwe and this attack comes over me. And I really thought I was gonna die. And I started remembering, you know, I reminded God, but God, I did this for you. I went into the prisons for you. And you know, it was dangerous, but I still served you. Why is this happening? It's like God said, dude. Now he wouldn't say, dude, I just did that for you. It's like God said, dude, I'm proud of you, but you're scaling the enemy's walls. And you don't do that without arrows and molten lead being thrown at your head. Doesn't the Bible say that we're the children of God, but the whole world lies under the sway of the evil one? Which means whose territory is the world? The devil's. And when you approach and encroach on his territory, you think he's gonna sit by and do nothing? Hey, do you remember the story in Elijah where God says, Elijah, I want you to go and deliver a message to the king and the queen and the people. I am displeased. So Elijah's proud. You know, he says, man, God, God's using me as his servant. So Elijah goes and you can see him raising his hands in the air. And this is what he says. As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. So he determines basically produce. Now, after he does that, he kind of goes back in the green room behind stage and God's back there to meet him. And God says, run, man, run. And Elijah says, what? And he says, yeah, run into the desert, man, run. Why, God? You just threatened the king. Yeah, but God, you told me. Yeah, I know it now. I'm telling you, run, man, run. <laughs> now, some of you say, first thing you're gonna say is this. Well, Pastor Jeff, wait, whoa. Why doesn't God just stop the fiery darts? Uh, think about how beautiful this metaphor really is. What's the thing about fire? It can do one of two things. Fire can either destroy and consume or it can refine and purify. Thanks for joining me on Today with Jeff Vines. That's where we need to pause for today. But next time, as we continue to look at Ephesians chapter six, we'll examine the shield of faith the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So please join me for that. What is the shield of faith, Jeff? Well, the shield of faith is this. We walk by faith, not by sight. That is that we know that there's more than what we see and that whatever we're in, God is fashioning together and orchestrating the events of our lives for His good purpose. Today with Jeff Vines. For more from Pastor Jeff, head to vision.org.au forward slash Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines, just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.